0: Hi, my name is Callie, and on this podcast, hindsight is everything. Our goal is to look back on seasons we've been through and help prepare those about to face the same things. There's something powerful in knowing you're not alone and knowing someone has gone before you. So I gather up some great people, I ask them all the questions I can think of, and then hopefully by the end, we're better than when we started. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to No One Told Me. Here we are. We're going into another season of No One Told Me. And getting to say those words, it's a little surprising for me (laughs) because I didn't realize. Do you like how I just laughed at my own joke right there? I've gotten really good at that. But here's the thing I didn't know if I would continue saying those words because a lot of times when it's just you and a microphone and maybe one other person that you're interviewing, you're like, does anyone really care what we're talking about right here? But I continue to feel this call toward meeting people where they are. And as, as cliche as that phrase has become, I still think there's so much importance in it, right? I mean, of saying, hey, I've been where you are. I've experienced what you experience, or I am I am where you are right now. There's something about knowing there are people like you who have gone through what you're going through, or I'm not even talking about hard stuff. I'm talking about good stuff, all of it. I love that we get to live it all right here on this podcast. And you know, if you do too, here's a huge part of figuring out our rhythms with No One Told Me. It's reviews and Instagram messages and emails. Hearing from you is what shapes what we do throughout the year. A lot of you took our survey back in December or slash early January. I really don't know. All those days... Are the same to me. So, whenever it was that we sent the survey out, so many of you took it, and I cannot tell you how much I learned from that and how much that will help shape the content of this season. So, if you're like me and you hear this right now and you're like, yeah, I will definitely do that, what I would do is say, yeah. And then I would forget about it within five seconds because I just, I don't multitask really well, right? And a lot of you are either driving right now. So please don't do what I'm asking you to do. Continue, eyes on the road, please. Um, but some of you are driving, some of you are working out, some of you are folding laundry. Those are the things that a lot of people are doing while they listen, according to our survey. And multitasking just isn't a thing. So whenever you think about it, whenever you have a second, leave a review on Apple or send a message or an email letting us know, hey, I love this, I want more of this, or maybe we could do this different. I'll take anything and everything that you have to say because I want this podcast to be something that benefits you all in such a huge way. And also a part of that for me too is knowing that what you hear is worth sharing. I want, when you hear what we talk about on these episodes, I want you to want to tell someone about it. So if while you're listening, you think to yourself, you know who needs to hear this, Will you take a second to share it with them, to send that to them so that we continue partnering with each other and coming alongside each other and going shoulder to shoulder with whatever season that we are walking through so we can walk through it together. I am I am a big fan of you guys. The more I hear from you, the more that I love you all. So I would love to continue hearing from you. Apparently, I would love a lot of things because if we counted that, how many times I just said that word, I think that it would be embarrassing uh, enough. But speaking of embarrassing, how about that transition? What we talk about on today's episode is kind of embarrassing for me because here I am. I am in my 30s. I will announce it. I'm going to be squarely in my 30s in about a month. But, you know, there is a word that has never meant anything to me until I had this conversation, and that word is boundaries. One of my biggest weaknesses, it is glaring, is I really like the word yes, and the word no makes me incredibly uncomfortable. Saying no to anything, it genuinely, it makes me squirm. My stomach starts to turn, my mind jumps about 10 steps ahead, and I end up believing whoever I've just said no to has excommunicated me from their lives as a whole, which is obviously extremely emotionally unhealthy, but, you know, it's where I'm at, okay? So, the word boundary, it just sounds so final, doesn't it? It sounds almost like a punishment, But friends, as I'm getting older and while the retinol is doing its best to delay the effects of getting older physically, I'm comfortable with the effects of it emotionally and mentally of this word boundary. Age has given me the perspective I needed. So as we get into the heart of January, I'm less about the specific and more about the whole. I'm less about building my life around a specific number and more about learning what builds my life. That's where this conversation with registered marriage and family counselor Connie Crossley really comes into play. Relational, emotional, workplace, electronic boundaries, they all combine to shape us in some pretty big ways. Boundaries are less about saying no to someone or something and more about finding where I end and the other person thing or situation begins. How do you create these boundaries? Better yet, how do you maintain these boundaries? How do you know if their relationship or situation needs a boundary? This episode, it covers a lot, but it's all things I wish I'd known sooner. Here's No One Told Me, The Art of Setting Boundaries. All right, Connie, we had to push record because we've been sitting here for 31 minutes now talking about this topic because there is so much to say about boundaries and you made a great point before we even started you said people talk about boundaries like it is a negative thing or you even say that word and you immediately associate it with something negative but you kind of have an explanation you have a way that you approach it that's different and we're talking relationally we're talking across the board in your life not just in romantic relationships but friendships and parenting and and all of the above so why don't you jump in when we say setting boundaries
1: what do we mean what does it look like? Just kind of get us rolling here. All right. So thanks for having me back. Um, I've been looking forward to just an opportunity just to talk about this topic. It's one of my favorite, favorite topics to talk about. And I, I will have to say first before we even start, I am not an expert at this. This is something I am working on every single week, sometimes daily, sometimes weekly, sometimes monthly. But I just think it's an amazing thing that we have been called to do in order to have just more effective relationships, more satisfying relationships, more loving relationships, Across the board. So we talk about boundaries, and absolutely, I think lots and lots and lots of conversation goes to the negative. It's like, oh, I have to say no to somebody. Why do I have to do that? It's not going to be fun. They're going to be mad at me. Um, we're not going to be friends anymore. My boss is going to hate me. I'm going to lose my job. There's It's love. like you're in my mind right now. These are all the <laughs> well, things
0: I think to myself.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And you just shared with me not too long ago that you're a 2 on the Enneagram, so I know we've had those conversations as well. So and you know, know
0: boundaries me. don't exist for me. <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. <laughs> don't have them. <laughs> exactly. And and they they don't exist for a lot of people. It's a foreign concept. So I want to talk a little bit about like visually, I'm a visual person. I know we talked about this the last time I was here with you about being visual. And so I have to think about things from a visual perspective. So when I think about boundaries, just to set the stage, I use the Cloud and Townsend book, Dr. Cloud, Dr. Townsend, amazing writers. Uh, They wrote the the book Boundaries. So this is where I get a lot of information from when I'm really kind of thinking about this topic. But I want you to think about a piece of property. Let's say you bought a brand new house. All right. You and Ryan got a brand new house. You're so excited about it. You're looking out in the front yard. You're like, man, that grass is so green. I'm so excited about mowing my yard. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to plant some flowers. And you set out. You pour your gas in the mower. You get out there. You start mowing. And you have no idea where your property lines are. You have no clue. So you just keep mowing. Like, it just keeps going over to the right just a little bit more, to the left a little bit more. In the back, you're like, oh, yeah, well, just keep going and keep going and keep going. And that could be a good thing or it could be a not so good thing. So the good parts about it is, you know, maybe you've helped a neighbor out. Maybe you've mowed into their yard and they might think that that's really cool. Or they might not think it's really cool. They may have their grass mowed on level three and you mow yours on level two and then it looks a little awkward. That's upsetting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're going to get upset. Or let's say that you... You know, you mow their yard, I don't know, all summer. And then next summer, you decide that you're not going to mow there because the property assessor came out and said, hey, Kelly, guess what? You're not supposed to be mowing their yard back there. Like, that's, that's really their property. And so you stop. And then they get upset because you've stopped mowing their yard. So I want us to think about boundaries as really just a guide. What is me and what's not me? Mm -hmm. You know, where do I end and where do other people start? It's so funny. Before,
0: Connie actually shared that story right before we jumped on and I just stared at her and I was like, Connie, I need to tell you something. At the beginning of summer, we had someone call and say, hey, my grass is getting really, really tall. Can you help? And this is someone that we've helped before out on a few things. And Ryan had torn his Achilles, so he couldn't do it. So I thought, yeah, I can mow this lady's grass. This is not a big deal. So I load up the mower and like a true two, load up this mower and I'm thinking, this will be great. I get to help her. Like, it's wonderful. Go. And her grass is probably past my knees and it is a small yard, but there's just a bunch of junk in the yard. So I'm like running over like planks with the mower. Things are about to go in my eyeballs. I could, could have lost my life. So I don't just mow her yard one time. She calls again like two weeks later and is like, hey. My grass, it's tall again. Okay. We'll be there in a jiffy. Load up. I end up mowing this lady's grass the entire month of June, the entire month of July, and half of August. On Saturdays, I would mow our grass, and then I would go and mow her grass. Callie, Callie, Callie. And it was not until someone found out. I don't even know how they found out. Someone found out I was doing it, and they stopped me, and they were like, this woman has people in her life, family. Who could do this for her? What are you doing? And I was like, I don't, I mean, I started it. Felt like couldn't stop it. So it is just a prime example of zero boundaries. All I know is to, to do is say yes. And then I, I go out and then I almost get mad about it. By like the end of month two, I was like, this is so stinking annoying. I mean, I would forget the gas half the time. So I would have to like walk down to the Kenjo and again, risk my life to fill up a gas can. And because I don't even know how to fill up a gas can. Be real honest with you. And didn't know how to close it. I didn't know how to do many things. Learned. YouTube's for that, but I was ticked most of the time. So too close to home
1: for me, Connie, a little too close to home. <laughs> I cannot believe that you, yeah, this is amazing because I think it, it speaks so true to like, where is your responsibility in that? And then where is the other person's responsibility in that? And that's where boundaries can help us really, really look at that mm-hmm. from a different perspective. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I think there's freedom in boundaries setting. Now, is it is it going to hurt a little bit? Yes. But one of the things I really want us to think about is the boundary going to hurt in the beginning, but maybe it's going to be helpful later. We obviously, I'm not talking about causing harm to somebody. Okay. So let's just be real frank. I, I want to be real honest. Setting a boundary should not cause physical harm to somebody. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't, but it may cause a little bit of hurt, um, but it can be helpful. So I, I know for me, This has been life-changing for me to recognize. I'm a yes person. I like to do things. I get it honestly. If my mom is listening to this podcast, she would definitely tell you, I I love to say yes. And there are lots of examples in this book about people saying yes and saying yes and saying yes. But then I think you also hit on something too. Does the yes create resentment or bitterness for you later? I didn't
0: learn that until so much later in life that in the moment I say yes because I don't want the other person to feel bad. But then when I do it, I'm ticked off while I'm doing it. And so it it's just one of those things where I never have figured out the balance of it. Like you want to be helpful, but you also don't want, like it feels selfish to say no. It's how I've always felt. Like if I say no, that's pretty selfish. So I'll just say yes to whatever they want or need.
1: Sure. And I think all in all, we we want to say yes, because what scripture says is that we're supposed to serve each other, right? Um, and we're supposed to be selfless. And so I think there's a, pretty big misconception about where's the balance. Like you said, where, where do we find that balance? And I think part of the struggle is that we have kind of gotten all out of balance. And so to get back into balance where there is a balance between taking on the responsibility that we need to and then allowing other people to take on responsibility as they need to as well can be, it can be, it can create so much freedom for us, so mm-hmm. much joy. We can do things when people ask us because we have time and because it is a joyful experience and we gain something from it and they gain something from it as well. Mm-hmm.
0: And, but I think it is hard to know when to say yes. You said initially, you know, when you set these boundaries, it can not be painful. It can be uncomfortable. I think for a lot of people it is. I think some people have no problem just throwing out the no. Like, that sounds like zero fun to me. Absolutely not. Or I know I won't enjoy that. But there are so many more who that is a hard line to draw.
1: Well, and sometimes we say no because um, we're not sure if we should or not. And then sometimes we say no because it's not pleasurable to us and sometimes we say yes even even when we're not sure and even when it is pleasurable to us like i love hospitality mm-hmm. i love to serve people but my small group knows that i love to cook for them i love to have people over but they also know that i am an overcommitter and mm-hmm. i overachieve mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of freedom for them to be able to say to me hey let us help we mm-hmm. want to help. Mm-hmm. And that helps me set better boundaries for myself to say, you know, it's okay for me to ask them to bring so-and-so to the small group. It's mm-hmm. okay for me to say, hey, guys, I need people to pick up drinks tonight for small group or pick up a dessert or whatever. It's okay for me to do that. And that mm-hmm. helps me set good, healthy boundaries for myself so I don't overexert myself to the point where I can't even enjoy having small group at my house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that there's a lot that we could talk about, but I kind of want to hit on three main areas that I feel like are probably are, are the biggest questions with when it comes to boundaries. And one of them is like the reasons that boundaries are important. And we've kind of talked a little bit about that. The second thing I want to just touch on is like the struggle, the struggle mm. with setting boundaries, and then the, the results of being able to have like healthy boundary setting. Again, not an end-all be-all conversation mm. today. I think that we could talk about this a lot. And I think there could definitely be some questions about like, so how do I apply this stuff and move in a big direction. I will tell you the book focuses, focuses on a lot of different stuff, but um, a lot of different areas. I, I want to think about the reasons that boundaries are important. So when you think about the relationships that you have, the friendships that you have, why do you have those friendships? Why do you have those relationships? Is that rhetorical? Oh, yeah. You want me? Yeah. Okay. Tell me. Tell me. So why do you have...
0: Why do you I literally to... am standing here watching her like, I feel like she's making a point, but does she want me to answer that question? Yes, I, can. I want you to answer. I can always answer a question. Absolutely. I want you to um, answer it. Well, and you think about the, why the relationships ha- you have, but also how they change. Like I was talking with a friend of mine the other day and so many of my relationships are based on proximity. Who am I around the most? they are who I'm closest to because I'm spending the most time with. So whether it's the people at work, at school, or, you know, in your mom group, or even, you know, like it is at church, your small group, for me has always been whoever I'm around the most. And those are the people that know me the best because they are seeing what's happening in my life day to day. Mm -hmm. They are watching it happen. And so we grow and bond over day to day life. And then I have friends that are monumental things happen and they're the ones that I call. They live in Nashville or they live in Seattle or they, li- you know, they're all over the place, but they're the ones that I am I text or call and I'm like, hey, this happened. What do I do? And that's vice versa. And They don't know my everyday life, but they know when big things are happening. So it's always a form of here's what's happening. I need to talk to you about it, good or bad. Like sure. let's celebrate, let's laugh about it. Let's, let's cry about it, whatever. It's that support system to some degree, you know, so that's the the role that I've noticed friendships
1: take in my life a lot. So when you think about that, when you think about boundaries within those friendships, there are, and, and I'm so glad that you're talking about it from the friendship perspective, because I think there are some different kinds of boundaries that we set with different levels of friendship. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you've got some really, like you've got your besties that are here that you spend a lot of time with, and, and maybe your boundaries are a little different for them. Um, you're going to let them in a little bit more. And and there may be a little bit more flexibility in those boundaries. Whereas you know, somebody that's in Seattle, you, you're going to set a boundary with them that's going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you're not going to like let in as much as you would with somebody that knows your everyday life, mm-hmm. that's spending time with you every mm-hmm. single day. Same thing with your spouse. For those of you that are listening that I have a spouse or have really close family members that you're spending a lot of time with, and we'll talk about family members and boundaries in just a second. <laughs> but sometimes those guys are going to be the ones that are are going to help you and that are going to support you in your boundary setting. Mm-hmm. Those besties, those really close people that you're going to feel differently when you set that boundary for the very first time, somebody that maybe is not mm-hmm. um, offering the most support to you or maybe being as respectful as they need to be with your schedule or mm-hmm. with your kids or with opinions about how you're doing life, then those people are going to be your, your cheerleaders is what I call them in, in supporting you and setting those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Scripture is really clear about like us being able to have a team of people. We are mm-hmm. supposed to have community for sure. And um, so you don't want to just have just one person and then trying to set a boundary with just one person. That's not going to work out or, well, you're not going to have anybody that's going to be in your corner that's going, hey, that's a, that's good, Callie.
0: I loved when you said that. You said it can't just be one person. It can't be one person saying this is healthy, this is unhealthy, this is whatever. Because what's unhealthy or unhealthy for them it's not necessarily what's healthy or unhealthy for you, it's not always the same. And when you try to make it the same, it makes it worse almost a lot of times, wouldn't you think?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, what's healthy for you and what's healthy for other people, that's where when you go to set the boundaries, you've got to be real clear about like, this is just not healthy for me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it's okay for it mm-hmm. to not be healthy for you. And, and you want to be honest with them. And again, it may hurt, but we're, we're looking, it, it may hurt a little bit, but we're also j- evaluating for harm. And you should always mm-hmm. evaluate for harm before you set a boundary. But I want to think a little bit just really quickly on reasons why boundaries are important. So boundaries are super important because they allow us to create a roadmap for where we start and where others begin. So you think about where in, in your parenting, where do your kids make decisions and where do you make the decision? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> oh where do gosh. they stop making decisions and where do you start to make in the In this decision?
0: scenario, are they screaming in the middle of a
1: grocery store or not? <laughs> I just,
0: I mean, I need clearly defined scenarios here. Cause if they are, they make all the decisions.
1: So, <laughs> I mean, you think about like just something simple, like, I mean, are we going to, are, are we going to have, um, ice cream for breakfast or are we not? I mean, I know that sounds like a silly boundary, but like, and, and it is silly when we hard we're thinking to hold that about, line. Yeah. Yeah. But what is it that you, what is it that you're going to set for your kids mm-hmm. to help them and mm-hmm. not be harmful to them? Mm. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about reasons boundaries are important in families. Okay. For just a second. Cause I, I'm a family girl. I, work with uh, families all the time. What I've found is that the hardest boundaries to set are with your family. Gosh. And not even just your immediate, like in-laws or even, I mean, it's so
0: true. It is, it is difficult with your immediate, but I can be more upfront and like painfully honest with my mom as opposed to being upfront and painfully honestly honest with my mother-in-law. Like Absolutely. I, I can't. And so this is, I mean, this
1: is a great, I am on the edge of my seat for this. Help me, please. So I I would, I want us to think about like, why is it that we struggle with setting boundaries with those family members? Part of it is because we want to have good relationships. Mm-hmm. We don't want to hurt people. We don't want there to be tension. We also sometimes don't value what we actually think is best for us. Mm-hmm. So our confidence in what we's, what's best for us often doesn't ring true in our communication. It rings true to, oh, whatever's convenient for yes. you. Mm-hmm. Talking about the other person, yeah. What's best for us? And and, and hear me say this. We're not talking about being selfish here. We're just talking about if it's really best for you to eat dinner at 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve because you guys have a Christmas Eve service at 7, it's okay to say, hey, you know, it would be best for us to be able to eat at 5. We've got this um, Christmas Eve service we want to go to, and we're really excited about it. And so um, we'd really like to eat at 5 o'clock. Was that harsh?
0: Wasn't harsh, but see, what, and here's my mind working is, okay, let's say you say that, but the rest of the family disagrees with you. And so then you have to go with whatever time they want, and then you're just ticked off. So why say anything to begin with? But now this is me talking through it. You're welcome, everyone. Or <laughs> what if it's probably a better option because what if you say it and everyone agrees to it and you can be happier going to it because you actually said something. But I always am like, well, if I say something, everyone's going to be mad at me. And then I, I just don't want to go into that tension and have to try
1: to alleviate it.
0: Is it okay not to go? Oh, my gosh. Do you know my family? Are you kidding me?
1: And, and, and again, I would have never asked these questions. And I think yeah. they're valid questions to ask. And I'm not saying let's just abandon everything we've done as tradition sure. and families. But I think we have become so accustomed to just doing... What we think is best all the time with yeah. not really evaluating like is this is this really the best thing to do? And the first year,
0: you said this already. The first year you set that boundary might be painful and it might be uncomfortable. All of the above for whatever Absolutely. it might be, a weekly family dinner and you're like, I cannot work in another night of the week. The first time you say no, especially to family, is most likely gonna be
1: painful. And what if somebody else in the family really wants to eat at five o'clock? Mm-hmm. And they're not going to say anything, but you're willing to say something. And let's just say you start a new family tradition, and and let's say that everybody eats at 5 o'clock, and then let's say that everybody goes to the Christmas Eve service. I think that's a win-win. I don't know that it's always going to work out like that. And it's probably not. I mean, there are lots and lots of examples where when we set boundaries that that people get upset, they get their feelings hurt. But at the same time, it may create opportunity for growth. And that mm-hmm. is definitely one of the things that I believe can be an outcome or benefit of setting boundaries is that it's personal. It could be create an opportunity for personal growth for you or for someone else mm-hmm. that maybe just is struggling in setting those boundaries. And you get the opportunity to identify for yourself, is this what's best? for me. Again, let's put the selfishness out to the side. Mm -hmm. But is there freedom from the feelings that you feel when you say yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to the six o'clock? Like you said, I feel guilty. I feel um, overwhelmed. I feel like I'm not pleasing them. I feel like I'm not meeting their needs. Um, What about your needs? Mm -hmm. So I I really feel like that we've got to look at like some of the reasons that boundaries are important is we've got to really look at What is the reason we're wanting to set the boundary? And what can we gain from setting the boundary? And again, not a personal gain, but what is it that we can grow from in in setting that boundary? Second thing, you you and I talked about the struggle with this. Like, I mean, the struggle is real. I mean, it just really is. And there's lots and lots of questions. Does this make me an unloving person? Does this make me a horrible person? Does this make me a selfish person? Well, because that's, I mean, that's what it feels like in the moment. But it's probably because...
0: Part of it for me will be I've never done it. I can tell you that I don't know that I've ever set a healthy boundary in any relationship, period, before.
1: Okay. So what does that look like when you set that healthy boundary and and, and feel that struggle? One of the things I was reading, you said that feels selfish sometimes. And so I was reading earlier today and it was talking about the Greek word for carrying each other's burdens, and I was like oh this has nothing to do with this and I was like oh yes it does <laughs> so the greek word for burden is excess burdens so that's how it translates well we oftentimes take on everybody's or other people's burdens that are not in excess mm-hmm. they're just daily everyday things and and some of those burdens are some that they brought on themselves mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot about like the opportunity that we have sometimes to bless people financially, or to help them out with you know some kind of thing at their house. Mm-hmm. Like let's take the mowing for example. Yes, in, in that kind of situation, yes, that was a burden to her, and absolutely helping her out. But when it became a burden in July and June, July and August, mm-hmm. is is that excessive? Mm-hmm. I think it may have been. I don't know the ex- every part of that situation, but it seems like that's excessive. And so, is it that you are selfish now because you say, "Hey, I can't do this anymore"? Mm. I don't think so. Um, I think there's a there's a. I'm line. just really sweaty. I know. I'm just <laughs> <You're> really <laughs> sweaty. That's why I can't do it. I'm sorry. That's why I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm I'm sweating like this every single Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> and and I keep I keep forgetting the gas can Listen, and all of that.
0: Eventually I'm going to go down to that Kenjo, and I'm
1: not going to come back. All right? <laughs> I'm risking my life here. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, let's look at, is what you're doing, is it excessive? Is the burden excessive? Mm-hmm. Because I certainly think that Scripture is very clear about us carrying each other's burdens. Absolutely. Um, but is the burden that we're carrying, is it an excessive burden? Because that's what Scripture says it should be. What would give us
0: an example of an excessive burden? Like what is hmm. it's, you know, I mean, put me on the spot here. I know. Like you want to be helpful. You want to say yes. Okay. I think that's okay. Why we so let's just do that. this.
1: Let's just give this example. Okay. So let's just say that you call me and say, Hey, Connie, I need you to pick up my kids from school today. Ron's out doing whatever. He's, he's busy and I've got a meeting at the church classic right mm-hmm. you know and, and you throw that church word in there and people are like oh man she's serving at the church and I mean I, I gotta help her <laughs> She out. is serving the lord I, I know I've gotta, I gotta to help, help her. her I gotta help her so I say okay I'll do that and even though I've had to cancel clients for the last three hours to be able to pick up your kids which is not something that I would do FYI just no, no Callie um, do
0: not ever call me to pick up your kids no. between these hours because I'm not gonna do it
1: <laughs> now it, it would be a different situation you know medical issues and all that kind of stuff. But let's just say that you, I mean, it was just poor planning on your part. Okay. So, which is 95% of the time. (laughs) (laughs) So, so she does that. You do that to me and I say, yeah, I'll take care of it or whatever. Okay. So the next week rolls around and you say, oh, Connie, I have another meeting at church. I'm not going to be able to pick up my kids again. Can you grab my kids again for me? And and this week, can you, um, do you mind to pick up Chick-fil-A for them on the way home? Because I'm going to be even later. I'll Venmo you. Right. Without the Venmo. Right. I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back. I'll give you some gas money. Yeah. But it just becomes a repetitive mm-hmm. cycle. And so to me, that's not really a burden. It's my
0: like, lack of planning or lack of doing anything that's causing a burden on you. It's right. not that it's too much for me to handle. It's I'm just not handling it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're not managing it well. Mm-hmm. So me setting a boundary to say, you know what, Kelly, I want to be able to help you in any way I can. I certainly want to. Um, I, I want to be mindful of anything that you might need. However, for me, um, I I recognize that it seems like this is happening more frequently, and I just want to let you know I'll be happy to help you with your kids. But um, I'm going to need a little bit more notice mm-hmm. um, the next time that you need me to help you with your kids. And also, I would if, if you want me to stop and get them something to eat. I'll be happy to do that. If you would go ahead and just uh, have an extra $20 or whatever mm-hmm. that you keep in one of their bags or whatever, and then, and then there won't be an issue. Or you can Venmo me, of course, or Cash App or whatever you want to do. But, and part of that is recognizing, hey, her time is valuable, too, mm-hmm. and my time is valuable, and I need to be more self-aware of what I'm asking of other people. And so I would constitute that as kind of an excessive mm-hmm. burden that you're projecting onto somebody else that really is, is, is your, is your own. That's your responsibility. That's not where my responsibility yeah. lies. That's why that roadmap, mm-hmm. that's why that property line is so important. Yeah. Um, now that does not mean, and, and again, I think we have to be kind of open ended about, this is not an end all be all conversation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there are going to be situations where um there, there's somebody's in the hospital and 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 I am not at all encouraging people to say, nope, yeah. that's a boundary I'm setting today. Mm-hmm. You're I'm not helping you.
0: There's just a difference between being helpful and being like um a doormat or being a, I'm trying to think of a good way to say it because I want to be helpful, but I don't want to be taken advantage of. Absolutely. And Absolutely, it's finding that line. But what if, let's say that you're you're so far in a relationship
1: mm-hmm. that it seems
0: like it's too late to start setting boundaries. Some it could be your merit, not even within marriage. Maybe it's friendship. Someone you've been friends with since elementary school, or your mother-in-law, or whatever. You think you're too far in to yeah. start setting these boundaries.
1: So. First of all, I think it comes with personal introspection to like look at like when you are asked to do something or when it comes up that it's like the third week of the month on a Wednesday that you're supposed to go out to eat with the people that you've always gone out to eat with for the last, you know, four years. And you're like, oh, I don't want to do that again every single month. Yeah. Then I think you have to personally go, okay, what is it about this that is bothersome to me? Is it the time? Is it the place? Is it the conversation that we are always having? Is it a repetitive conversation? Is, is it negative? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so when you walk away from whatever that is or walk to whatever that is, does it give you a very different feeling than it gives you when you go and enjoy something? Mm-hmm. So, And and it can be relationships, it can be an event, any of that kind of stuff. But I think you have to first do that personal introspection. Mm -hmm. The second thing is, what would it look like if it changed? What would you want it to look like if it changed? Mm -hmm. So thinking ahead, daydreaming, even if you will, about what it would look like if it changed. Would that meeting go away, that third Wednesday of every month? Mm -hmm. Would it just be completely dissolved? Or would it just look different? Would it be at a different time? Or would the conversation be different? So what
0: is it about it that you have such a negative feeling absolutely
1: mm-hmm. absolutely is it and i go back to the christmas eve is it the, is it the time that you don't want to do it it's not that you don't want to be with family it's just that that time just like it just grates on your nerves it's mm-hmm. just something that you can't enjoy and then what's your responsibility to change it because if you're not willing to say something about it my guess is that the other person's probably not going to say anything about it cuz it's not bothering them mm-hmm. Or they're too scared to say something about it. And I found that should be true. When I brought up a subject and said, you know, it just seems like every time we hang out, it seems it seems like you're frustrated with me, or it seems like you're this is not really enjoyable for you. And, and I'm okay. We don't have to do this every single week. I, I just thought it was something fun. And, and you know what? Seasons of change are good. What you did ten years ago. Doesn't have to be what you do now. Mm -hmm. Just because we've done it for the last 10 years, I know you mentioned, you know, we've been doing this. I've been talking to my same friend. We've been going to lunch every Friday Mm -hmm. since I was in the second grade. And I don't really enjoy that anymore. Mm -hmm. Sometimes change is good. It can be a real positive. And it may be that something that's been needed for a long time, that just somebody needs to take the initiative to change it. And that's okay. You mentioned like, how do do we go about implementing that? Mm -hmm. I think everything... Everything we do can be on a case by case basis when we're setting boundaries. You have to know the relationship you have with that person. One thing that Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend talked about is the need to have connection with that person. Do you set boundaries with the people at Walmart? No, we don't. We don't set people's with, we don't set boundaries. You, if somebody at the cashier thing upsets you, you don't go inside and say, you know what, the next time I come in here, I'm not coming through your line. Like, you don't do that. You just, you just don't go through their line if you see yeah. them there, but you don't tell them about it. Mm-hmm. The people that you set boundaries with are the people that you're connected to. Mm-hmm. So you've got to you have got to have that connection point. You've got to have a value within that relationship. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to go set a boundary sense. with somebody at Zaxby's. Yeah. I mean, you're just not. You're not going to do that. Right. Um, so you've got to have that connection point. And then you have to start small. You don't start with, <laughs> I think about like, Family events, like you've done this family event for, you know, 10 years and you're going to make a, you're going to make a statement. I'm not going to the family reunion. Listen By here, golly. Mimi, I'm not showing up
0: this year with a potato salad. I'm out. Yeah.
1: By golly, I'm not, I'm not coming. I'm not coming and I'm not wearing flip-flops. I'm just not going to wear flip-flops this year. I know everybody wears flip-flops. I'll go do that either. Listen. <laughs> I mean, I think you have to start small because you have to, there has to be value In There is value for that relationship and their desire, because if if your desire is to hurt, Mm -hmm. then that's not setting boundaries. And it can be such a, especially when it
0: comes to family or friends, even close friends. Like this is when, when you are creating a boundary with a desire to hurt, I think that usually happens with the people closest to you. Mm -hmm. And you think, okay, well, then I won't let you see the kids. Like, I'll just, you know what? If you, you know, like this, this, and this happened, then, you know, I'm not going to bring the kids to you to see. Or, you know, like you think of these. It's vindictive. It's it's, It's not a healthy boundary. It's a, I want, I'm mad. I want want you you to to be mad. Yeah. And so I'm going to do this. And it's such a, the middle ground is hard to find. And it's probably something they probably overstepped a boundary, and that's why you want to create
1: such a harsh boundary, yeah it's that's usually, when harm comes into place, yeah yeah, i mean it's it's meant it's meant to do harm mm-hmm. um now, a little bit of hurt it should sting a little bit because uh, you know oftentimes when we're making change it it hurts, right? right, I mean we're in January, most people are making all kinds of changes. And, and it's hurting, Mm -hmm. you know, it's either hurting physically, it's hurting mentally, because they're trying to change their thinking. And, and, you know, we, we have to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I definitely think that, you know, the challenging part of that is we have to recognize what is my intent in setting this boundary? Mm -hmm. Is it hurt? Or is it harm? Mm Yeah, I mean, if it's harm, then then it's re- the the goal for the boundary is is really not appropriate.
0: I think that's a great question. What is my intent at creating this boundary, you know? And then I think you can adjust what the boundary is based on that because what I want to ask is okay, so what are boundaries? But you said it, it's a case by case thing. It's not a um it's not one boundary fits all relationships, fits all friendships, fits all whatever. It's case by case and I love that question of What's my intent by creating this boundary? I mean, and what does it look like for this specific relationship? Like what's making me feel unhealthy within it? Okay, so now what do I, what's my part that I'm playing in it? What's the part they're playing in it? How do I create a boundary from those? those different combination of things.
1: Well, and you you can make them all over the board. So, I mean, I, when I think about boundaries, I think about like the social boundaries that I need to have, the emotional boundaries I need to have, the mental boundaries I need to have, the spiritual boundaries I need to have, the physical boundaries I need to have. So, I mean, we're talking a lot about boundaries in mm-hmm. relationships, but you have to have your own boundaries. Like mm-hmm. what boundaries are you setting up? What's, where, where's your lane? What lane are you staying in? If you're making a boundary for yourself this year that you are not, I mean, I think about the olden days. I wrote this down earlier today, but I think about like the boundary that used to be set in my own home, which I'm sure was not necessarily the case for all kinds of other homes. But in my home, like the boundary was set. We didn't answer the phone during dinner. Mm -hmm. And that was before cell phones. Mm -hmm. But we did not, I mean, we just didn't answer the phone during dinner. Um, And there were a lot, and then we didn't have, there was a long time that we didn't even have an answering machine. But we just let that thing ring. Oh, help me. I mean, we just let it ring, mm-hmm. and we just didn't answer the phone and and you know what it was okay, yeah, it was all right, was it hard sometimes, yeah, because we we wanted to answer it, or you know we wanted to know who it was that was before caller i d mm-hmm. um Couldn't star six nine then <laughs> but but is it? Is it okay to have some of those boundaries in multiple areas of your life?
0: You know, you even mentioned in this book, Boundaries, that they talked about setting some with like electronic stuff. Like, Absolutely. I mean, just knowing at what point does this create unhealth in your life? Like, Absolutely. So what does that line look like? I even talked to someone, I was doing an interview the other day and she said, I have stopped, don't know when we're, or this interview, so I'll just go ahead and say it now. She said, on the weekends... I don't even, I I delete all the social media apps off my phone. So part of her job is she works through social media. But She said from Friday at five until Monday morning, I've deleted all the apps on my phone because it was unhealthy for me and my family because I couldn't, I walked away from it every time feeling worse. And so I just stopped looking at it on the weekends because I wasn't working on the
1: weekends. And that's so, I love that Mm -hmm. concept because that doesn't involve anybody else but herself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that was a healthy boundary decision that she made and probably more specifically a boundary with work. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a whole chapter in this book about, you know, boundaries with work. Um, And and I think many of us would say that our boundaries with work are pretty laxed. Mm -hmm. Especially
0: if you love what you do. This is the biggest thing I've
1: noticed is
0: when you genuinely love, and I'm sure you experience it, when you genuinely love what you do. You don't really set boundaries because it doesn't really bother you. You know, you're like, but then you start feeling feelings of burnout or feelings Mm -hmm. of exhaustion and you don't realize how you got there.
1: Well, you don't have your lines correct either. Mm -hmm. So when are you working and when are you not? Mm -hmm. So I I made a commitment um, to myself probably, I don't know, probably nine or ten months ago. And I'm pretty good at the boundary that I made. I will say that there are a few times that it has it has crossed over and I've recognized how unhealthy it is for me to go back. But the reality is, is that I've made a commitment not to work on the weekends. So mm-hmm. if I happen to look at my email because I pull up email and look at it, I just flag it and I move on. Mm-hmm. I don't respond on the weekends. And so that that has proved to be incredibly helpful to me. Does it hurt me sometimes? Yes, mm-hmm. because my initial response is to be responsive mm-hmm. because I'm trained to be responsive. Mm-hmm. So that that's an initial response for me. But at the same time, that I have found that I am a little bit more joyful going into my job on Monday morning because I've rested my brain. I've rested my emotional state. I've rested my mental state throughout the weekend mm-hmm. so that I can be more effective in what I do. And mm-hmm. I think most of us would agree that if we were willing to really take a hard look at some of the boundaries that we have in our lives, just in general, I'm not talking about relationships necessarily. I'm talking about, you know, just boundaries that we have in general about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most of us would say that there is at least one area of our life where we can make improvements in our boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I would say that that would be my challenge is is that you take the opportunity just to do a self evaluation piece because boundaries start with your own self evaluation piece, mm-hmm. right? Like, why is it that setting a boundary could be helpful for you? Why why is it that this is still coming up? And, and I truly believe that those boundaries that need to be set are reoccurring. Mm-hmm. They are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not something that happened like one time. Yeah. Right. It wasn't like the one time that you went on Christmas Eve. To that one meal that started at four thirty, that's grating on your nerves, mm-hmm. or that's causing you distress, or that's causing you some uh, issues in your in your gut, where you're like, oh, I just wish I could change that. No, it happened one time. Mm-hmm. These are reoccurring themes yeah. um, that are happening in your life. So I would definitely encourage people just to do that self evaluation piece. If you sat down and looked, what are that. some good questions for that self evaluation piece? Like
0: what what are some questions you can ask yourself as like that first step of figuring out this is the area I need to focus on.
1: So where are you spending your time and where do you feel areas of frustration? Mm -hmm. Like, where am I getting frustrated? Is it when I get that text message? Is it when I get that phone call? Is it when I get that email? Is it when we have that conversation around that one topic that immediately, like, it's like a physical distress. Mm. One of the things they talked about in this book is that we are created to take responsibility for some task, but sometimes we're guilty of taking too much on, which can lead to, and they listed a whole thing, like struggles with, like, um, uh, physiological symptoms like depression and anxiety and addiction and eating disorders, problems mm-hmm. of guilt and um, shame and marital relationship problems and things like that. So if you're really focused in on like my husband and I are really having issues in our marriage or we're really having financial difficulty, and my eyes are just wide open right now because I'm thinking like that's a whole nother section mm-hmm. of like, Like boundaries that need to be set a lot of times in relationships around finances and around Mm. like, are we making really wise choices? And if we just set some good boundaries for how we spend our money, then we could live in a little bit more freedom. Mm. Is my depression or my anxiety, is it related to me not willing to be able to set a boundary in a relationship Mm. and I just continue to have that relationship with that one person and it causes me so much anxiety I don't even want to do it yeah yeah Um, so I think just looking at your day-to-day life like where do you experience some discomfort and recognize too that some areas of discomfort are areas of growth. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to make change all the time, but I think that there's definitely that evaluation period where Mm -hmm. you go, okay, is this an area where I really need to set some better boundaries for myself Mm -hmm. so I can have joy in this? Um, Or is this just an area of growth that God is seasoning me uh, for the next step in life? And, And that may be, that may be true too.
0: Let's switch gears and talk about a word that is thrown around a lot, but I think a lot of people aren't sure what it means or what it looks like. And that's codependency. So you hear about it. I mean, you even hear people like joke about it, but I'm still fuzzy on even, (laughs) and it's true because I've heard it so many times about what does that even look like? What is it? How do you know if it is making itself a part of your relationships? I mean, kind of go into that a little bit for us.
1: Um, So codependency, when you think about it, you know, when we are codependent on on someone or something, it means that we can't survive really without it, Mm -hmm. okay? So, I mean, we can be codependent on relationships, and we hear a lot about codependency in relationships, and a lot of times that is uh, specific around, and, and not all the time, but it is specific around addiction, Mm-hmm. So I think it can be present in in that realm of life but it can also be in any other realm of life just that you cannot function mm-hmm. without the approval without the support of uh, of another person mm-hmm. or another thing mm-hmm. there were one of the uh, authors in this book had someone come into their office and was talking about the the problem that their kiddo had and um the the doctor specifically said you know well where's Where's the kid? And they said, oh, he didn't want to come today. Mm -hmm. As the story went on, it was a lot about a lack of boundaries that created a codependency Mm -hmm. um, on the child had on the parents. I mean, literally, this kid, and he's like 18, 19 years old, but he's living in their home. They're paying for everything he has. They're paying the car payment. They're paying the insurance. And he's not doing anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not doing laundry. We're not doing meals. We're not doing anything. And that's a really unhealthy codependent relationship where someone is completely dependent mm-hmm. on, on someone or something. And, and in this case, someone and something. I mean, mm-hmm. dependent on sure. finances from those parents and dependent on like them to take care of every single thing. I love the, um, Kind of the visual that I get when uh, this doctor says, "I don't think the problem is with the kid. I think the problem is with you," um, in a very sensitive way. I'm sure, in a very kind way. Listen, um, sometimes you have to just say it flat out, <laughs> right? You know? But to be real honest, hey, you know this is this is an issue. If, if you're not willing to set healthy boundaries about what where the responsibility lies there'll be no responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and again, I think you and I talked before this started just about, yes, absolutely. There needs to be grace and mercy. Um, you know, when things are happening, you know, a situation where, you know, that, you know, you had an accident or ever you drew your bank account and, and, and you need some grace and mercy. But when that grace and mercy uh, continues to be needed over and mm-hmm. over and over, and there's no effort to make Changes, I think, is when that codependency mm-hmm. starts to happen. So, and, and we see it in marriages too, where, you know, the husband and wife is so dependent on what the other person is going to do or going mm-hmm. to say that they can't make a decision about anything. Um, and they look to the other person to, to have, a, most approval for mm-hmm. everything that they do. And I'm talking about like changing the toilet paper roll. Yeah. Okay. Like, oh, help me. It's whatever's on sale. Let me tell you right now. <laughs>
0: you know? Like you don't get to pick. It's whatever's the cheapest.
1: Yeah. It's like putting the, putting the garbage bag liner in and it has to be in a certain way or there's going to be a major blow up mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. It's that codependency, like yeah. need for approval. And I even, you know, to
0: take it even a step further and I didn't realize this until probably in the last couple of years, but it's not always just a codependence with a person. Mm -hmm. That it's, it can be a codependence with a thing or a, you know, and I never realized that until I started having conversations around this topic. And I started realizing this is not just in a relationship that this can happen. I mean, it can happen with so many other areas. Do you think about our phones. Life.
1: Yes. I mean, we are incredibly dependent on our phones. And I think, you know, technology is an amazing thing. I tell people all the time, technology can either be the most amazing thing ever or it can be the most hurtful thing ever. I've definitely seen it in my line of work. Ruin relationships. I've definitely seen it be helpful to relationships in some ways. Um, but you have to evaluate what is it, like, can I step away from it? Mm-hmm. And if I can't step away from it for a period of time, and I'm not talking like 30 seconds, I mean, if we can't step away from it, then I think we have to do that self-evaluation where we go, is this really something that I'm just like completely codependent on and I can't survive without? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was was talking to a friend the other day and uh,
0: she was saying, I don't want us to end up, she was talking about her relationship with her husband, and she just said, I don't want us to end up where we're just sitting on the couch scrolling our phones when we have time together. Like, you know, when the kids go to bed. I don't want it to be a habit that we just sit there and scroll our phones because we have given all we have to everything and everyone else, and so all we do is we just want our phones with us and that's it. Like, well, take I a just, look at it restaurants. Was so you, real. you go, yes. you
1: go to restaurants. People are out on dates. People are eating, um, and immediately you watch them, okay. and they and they're just scrolling their phones. Um, and, and again, technology is great. I think there's some great things. I love things. my
0: phone. I do. I, Absolutely. Know?
1: It creates a lot of convenience for us. So I'm not at all being critical of that. I think it creates great convenience for me. I mean, I, I work for my phone a lot of times. Um, but I think we have to really, if we're really doing those daily self-evaluations, um, and I try to do that every single day. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. really hard at the end of the day. It's like, what do I have to give at this point yeah. in time? I don't want to evaluate myself because I know I need to make some changes. I've been evaluating everybody else all day. I don't <laughs> want to evaluate myself. <laughs> well, and, and evaluation means typically means some kind of change. Yeah. And and the same thing in this whole boundaries conversation. You know, oftentimes we don't want to look at boundaries because setting boundaries typically involves change. Yeah. And it's For painful. Ourselves, mm-hmm. And for other people.
0: I think it's why so many people stop making New Year's resolutions. Mm. Because it is going to involve a change that's painful. In a, in a lot of ways, these resolutions are boundaries. Sure. And you, you set them and it's just like, I don't, it's very uncomfortable. It always is the first however many days you're doing it. But I do wonder, that just occurred to me, if that's why a lot of people just, I don't make resolutions. I mean. I'm not I don't typically either. You know, like I have like an idea or a goal. Sure. Or
1: something like that, but not a resolution,
0: I will or will not do this for this amount of time.
1: Well, and that leads us to a whole different conversation, which I would love to continue to have, is how do we have accountability in setting boundaries? Mm-hmm. And, and how do we gain that? And what does it look like without being gossipy, without being, yeah. um, you know, um, not being, and I think the word confidential sticks out in my head, but like being respectful of Mm -hmm. like maybe a a challenge that you have in a relationship with other people, you know, how do you, how do you keep that accountability? Mm -hmm. Because the, the reality is, and, and I love this about boundaries is that you have to have a team of people. You have to have your community. Like, I share with my girls every Monday night. Like, this is an area I'm struggling with. This is an area I need to have more um, discipline in. This is an area I need Mm -hmm. to have um, more um, awareness of. Again, setting a boundary for myself that I need to take recognition of this, Mm -hmm. take responsibility for this, and I need to make some change. But I also am asking for accountability in that. Because if we set boundaries and we don't ask for accountability in them, They're not New Year's resolutions. You know,
0: I'm telling you, sometimes you don't tell anyone because you're like, if this doesn't work, I don't want anyone to know it didn't work. You know, like if I don't do this or if I don't hold to this whatever
1: if I don't go to the gym every day
0: yeah like anything like that it's like I don't want to put it out there
1: if I'm not going to eat french fries every day yes
0: heaven forbid
1: I can't with
0: that <laughs> nonsense um, but you know like I don't want people to know you don't want people to ask you about it right yeah because what if one day I have to say well no I didn't do that I'm so, and then I'm embarrassed you know like I think that is the root of why we don't tell a lot of people when we're trying to make change in our lives and why we shy away from accountability because we don't want to Experience shame if it doesn't go the way we want it to go. But on the flip side, Mm -hmm. they're helping us take healthy. Like, it makes us stick to whatever that boundary is because we know somebody's going to ask us about it. Absolutely. We know somebody's going to say, well, what about this? And I'm just like, oh, don't ask me. You know, because you don't want to fail publicly. It's okay to fail like internally and like personally and not tell anyone like, oh, I said I was going to go to the gym every day and then I didn't. But that's just me for me
1: to know, you know, like it, nobody's going to exactly. know. Nobody's going to know. But
0: it takes it to a whole other level of commitment when you know, like your girls are going to show up on Monday and say, hey, Connie, how did this go for you last week? Like, did you do this? You know, you have someone you're going to have to answer to. And it kind of changes
1: things a little bit. It, it does. And it should. It mm-hmm. should boundaries and setting those expectations that you have for yourself in relationships and that it should change things. Yeah. It yeah. should, mm-hmm. it should for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, we could talk about this all day long. Um, I know that, uh, one of the things that you always, always, always ask at the end of your podcast is what, what are you so happy someone told you about? Oh,
0: man, Oh I, I love know this. that you already knew it was coming because nine times out of 10, even when I tell guests, Hey, we're going to talk about this. Uh, Oh, before we do, I just saw this in my notes. Before we jump into that, the last thing about codependency, if you are listening to this and you're like, I am codependent, like this Mm -hmm. is whether it's with your phone, whether it's with work, whether it's in a relationship, a friendship, a dating relationship, a marriage, whatever, how do you take steps toward healthy? Is it starting with self-evaluation?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then I think, you know, you you can definitely go the accountability route. And if that accountability can go on multiple different levels, mm-hmm. if you have somebody that's that you really feel like is gonna hold you accountable to that, and it's not a situation where it's gonna need something more intensive than obviously sharing it with somebody. Um if you feel like it's a situation where you're gonna need a little bit more help, mm-hmm. so certainly seek somebody out. Mm-hmm. Um by all means. I think, you know, I see people in my office every single week who are struggling in relationships uh, for whatever reason and they need somebody to walk that journey with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there are lots of therapists, counselors out there um, that are willing to walk that journey with you. So don't be afraid of that. Mm -hmm. Um, It can just be for a season. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have, listen, coming to therapy, going to counseling doesn't mean that you're going to be in therapy or counseling for the rest of your life. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be like that. Um, I definitely had the opportunity to walk a seasonal journey with somebody. Um, and it's just such an honor to be able to get to do that um, where they're willing to do that. So certainly there. Um, and if it's to the point where, you know, that codependency is with something uh, much more significant and, and, and you feel like you're going to need something more intensive, let somebody help you, give you resources to be able to do that. Just small changes can make really, really big strides. Um, But let somebody help you if Mm -hmm. you don't know. There's nothing wrong. I mean, why would we, if if something was going wrong with you um, physically, would you seek out a professional to help you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we talked about this the last time we talked about anxiety. You know, I mean, if if you don't know, let somebody who has been trained help mm-hmm. you out, just at least make um, make some suggestions to you um, and really evaluate mm-hmm. the situation. And then it, it may not be as, as significant as you once thought. It may be just some small changes, yeah. but I would definitely go that route, that self-evaluation. If you have somebody, like I said, is really, really solid in your life. And I always ask, you know, is it somebody that's a life stage ahead of you? Yeah. who's walked through different seasons. Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned just previous to uh, starting this that there's just lots of conversation right now about marriage couples, um, been married eight and 10 years, and then things are just kind of falling apart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm a proponent of like, let's check in.
0: yeah
1: <laughs> Let's let's do marriage counseling, kind of like we do a dentist appointment. Like a health, check like in, a checkup. Checkup twice a year. And that's
0: where I've seen... The most success in uh, other couples that I'm friends with is when they're not doing it when they're already like diagnosed and and failing. like In distress. Exactly. They are doing it while they're healthy and while they feel okay about everything and just saying, hey, this is just a checkup to make sure that we're on the same page, we are moving in the same direction. And I think there are definitely people, I'm one of them who's prone to codependency. I think it's just a part of my personality. and But I also know that when I've consistently set these boundaries or whatever within the past when I've learned about them and kind of dug in on it within the past year, it was, it wasn't, I could set a boundary for one time and then fold on it very quickly because I felt bad about it or guilty or selfish or any of those emotions that we talked about it. But when I consistently and other people knew about that boundary and I consistently held that line there, It was so healthy, not just for me, but for my family, for my personal relationship with Jesus. I mean, it was absolutely, it it just changed a lot of things in my day to day life and made me healthier in general. So I think it's that consistency piece too of once you know you need to do it, do it and make sure people know you're doing it. Um, But now let's turn to what are you so happy that someone has told you about, Connie?
1: Okay, so I'm going to stick with the theme of boundaries because that's what we've been talking about. Um, so specific to boundaries, I'm so glad that somebody told me that it's okay. Mm. It's okay. It's okay to say no. It's I love okay. What you, said. you said maybe it's not a no, maybe it's a not right, not right, now. right now. You know, not right now it's just not a good time for me right now. I'm so glad that somebody told me it's it's okay mm-hmm. to say no. Um, I had somebody. Um, just right before Christmas, there was a, um, a a post that I saw, and it was just, it's okay to do this, 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 and it's okay to say no. And I thought, yes, it is okay to say no. Not in a, Again, we're not meant to cause mm-hmm. um, hurt um, to somebody, but, uh, you know, or not meant to cause harm to somebody, but we're, you know, a little bit of hurt. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And it sounds so simple.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you'd be like, well, yeah, it is okay. But when you have to go into the situation and say it. Yeah. Is when you're like, I don't know, this is uncomfortable and I don't want to say it. I want to just go and keep everything even keel and make sure everyone's feeling okay. But sometimes what if you're not the one that's okay? Like,
1: right. And, and, you know, no is, is a hard word to hear. It doesn't matter when it is. Mm Hmm. I mean, you think about all the situations where the word no is really hard. There have been times when I'm trying to find a seat and someone tells me no and I cry.
0: Like, yeah, It's just like a, the switch is flipped and you have told me no and I am, I am bawling in the middle
1: of Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I mean, and, and so the word no. And so I like maybe not right now. Mm-hmm. That's not the best choice for me right now. I'll tell you this. Years ago, I did The Best Question Ever by Andy Stanley. Mm-hmm. Um And the three questions that I kind of live by are what he, the three principles that he talked about. And he said, um, based on past circumstances um, or past experiences, current circumstances, future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing for you to do? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I ask those questions to myself when I'm thinking about setting a boundary with somebody Mm -hmm. past experiences, current circumstances, my future hopes and dreams what's the wise thing for me to do? Wise for me and wise for you are different. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, and that can be, that doesn't have to be with a boundary.
0: That can be with any life decision that's paralyzing you. And I remember listening to that too, now that you say it, but it was, it was, what's the wise thing to do? in in light of all of these three things that you know about yourself, that Absolutely. you know about everything going on, what is your, what is the wisest thing that you can do right now? And that takes stopping and thinking. And sometimes that in and of itself is painful because you just want to move through and not stop and think about it. But I think a lot of times that's where we cause the most damage is when we're just rushing through. That
1: self-evaluation piece will make all the difference in setting boundaries.
0: That's why we bring you in is because you show us not, you don't just tell us what the problem is. You you help us solve it. So um, that's been a goal for us with this episode in particular. It's the best way to start the year of how do I make myself that's what everyone's concerned about in January is how am I, how can I be healthier how can I be better how can I be how can 2020 be different for me um I think this is more than a healthy step in that direction I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review or... You can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at e. Halla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.